Welcome to More Than Movies. I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. Today we pay homage to some films that have been overlooked. Plus, we go back to BuzzFeed and watch Guns Akimbo. It's time for Categorized. All right, Ivana, we are talking the most overlooked films between the 2000 and 2009 range. And so I think we have to spend a couple of minutes here talking about what do we mean when we say overlooked? Like I got down to the nitty gritty. So I'm going by how often I hear someone mention it or if I bring it up and no one actually knows what I'm talking about. And I'm going by the amount of people on Letterboxd who have actually seen the film and referenced the film as watched. For example, the most popular film on Letterboxd is Parasite with 682.2 thousand members saying they've watched the film. So I'm keeping this to under 20,000 watches on Letterboxd, which is like that is criminally. Wow, that's like criminally over crazy obscure, like very small. Very small. And and these aren't obscure films, I don't think. How I, did you even get there in Letterboxd? Because I'm also looking at Letterboxd like to create my list. And I'm pretty sure my list is going to be compare like comparatively ginormous films. Because it's possible. So what did you base on? If people are off like completely like forgetting about the film, overlooking the film, not talking about the film. Right. So films that Maybe people have seen, but nobody talks about it. It's not on a lot of like compilation lists. And I just think, you know, are better than the respect that they get, generally speaking. Yeah, absolutely. So as we go through my picks, I will let you know how many people have watched it on Letterboxd. I will let you know the percentage of critics who thought it was good. And the uh, and like the box office, just to just so we can like really hone in on these are overlooked, in my opinion. We're gonna have to do mine on the fly because okay. I think we, we should look at the, the same numbers. I've got I like I've this. got letterboxed open. I can uh, I can definitely do this on the fly for you. So why don't you start and I will type it in. My first one is Super Troopers. Okay, all right. So Super Troopers. Uh, is awesome, by the way. It's awesome. It's a great film. So it has 36,000 people have said they watched it on Letterboxd. So that's pretty small numbers. Okay, okay, good. And I don't think it's a great at the box office. It did not. No, but it, it's the, a film that really became a cult classic, even though I don't feel like enough people talk about Super Troopers in general. Um, They definitely talk about the group of guys that were in Super Troopers. And definitely I hear lots of jokes and references and people talking about the meow. But other than that, you never hear about this movie. And it was so funny. And it kind of kicked off this entire group of men who, and to this day are still making comedy because I think it's Tahoma, Tacoma. Tacoma FD? Yeah, Tacoma FD. Look, this is uh, Broken Lizard is the... Comedy troupe. And I like I adore their stuff. 
I think this came out at the wrong time because I don't think people got how funny it was because it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 35%. And it made... Now, here's the other thing. Its budget cost was $3 million to make, but it made over $23 million. So, like, for the studio, that's a hit. Right. They still made their money back and then some. But with and the, And I mean... It, it was obviously enough of a hit that they made a second, although it was not nearly as good. Well, it was a Kickstarter sequel, which, I mean, I literally, right before watching this, watched a Kickstarter sequel in Bill and Ted Face the Music, and it was okay, but it wasn't... The special effects budget is, like, terrible on that film. And it shows because, like, the kickboxer money probably went to Keanu Reeves. Actually, I bet you that he did that for not too, too much. I know. He's so sweet, that guy. He's such a good, good man. I he know. should be like, honestly, Keanu Reeves, I just want to take a moment to talk about, because, oh, did you know it was his birthday this week? I this did not. Week? I'm so glad we're talking about him then. He's just fantastic. I mean, you only hear good things about him. He seems like a genuinely great human being, and I wish him all the best in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And if you ever want to come onto this little Canadian podcast, I mean, I know you have Canadian citizenship, Mr. Reeves. So if you ever want That's to, true. come on board. All right. Also, we do this remotely. So oh, you could do it you from know, anywhere. It can be from anywhere. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so. I agree with you. Super Troopers is overlooked. It is not a film that people bring up very often. And I think one of the biggest criteria to me on the overlooked is when you do share it with someone, they love it. Yes. And everyone loves this movie. Absolutely. The first 10 minutes of that movie are some of the best comedy that has come out in the last 20 years easily. You know, you're just talking about it makes me want to watch it. Like, it's been too long since I've seen those jokes, and they are so clever. So damn clever. All right, so my number three, I'll go into my number three. It is, uh, so the way I've arranged my list as well is answering the question of overlooked films. So I'm going to start my number three with the, this is the highest number of people on Letterboxd who've watched this film. 9,900 people have watched Joe Dante's The Hole from 2009. It has a... You know what? I've never seen this movie. Wow. Okay. Cool. So it has, uh, out, of the eight, out of a whole bunch of critics, 81% liked the movie. And it only made $10 million at the box office. So it's like a critical darling... It's a great director that a lot of people love from Gremlins and from The Howling, but they overlooked this film. Now, this film is about a family who moves into a house and in the garage or in the basement, I think it might be the basement, there is a hole and out of the hole comes your worst fears. And let me tell you, this is the, you know how people say like, when I was a kid, I watched that movie and it scared me. This is that movie. It's not geared for full-on adults. It is somewhat of a family horror picture. And kids can watch it and be afraid, but it's not like a straight R film. And I, I got to tell you, it there's a puppet in it that creeps me right the hell out. It reminds me of that poltergeist clown, but it's miniaturized. The whole is great. 
And I think uh, I think more people need to check it out. That sounds amazing. Like, did he write it? Did he also write it? So it was written by uh, Mark L. Smith, who also did Overlord, which was actually like kind of praised as a little horror gem the other a couple of years ago. Uh, it might have been yeah. last year. He wrote The Revenant for all you people out there who love your Leo. Oh. He wrote Vacancy, which is a, a small horror film, but, you know, it's not bad. Frank Whaley is like really great in that movie. Okay, what is your number, what's your number two on your list? My number two on my list is a film called Everything is Illuminated, which stars Elijah Wood. Um, and I just think this is a darling film and, and no one is ever has heard of it whenever I talk to them. But it, I've never also seen anyone dislike it either. It's so charming. It's so funny. Um, I, nothing makes me happier than the Adidas tracksuit and <laughs> the potato jokes and the, like, you know, like is meat vegetarian. Just, it, it's too good. It's too good. It's about this guy and because most people haven't heard of it, I am going to give a synopsis. Yep. This is about uh, a young man, a, a young Jewish man, Elijah Wood, who I forget what triggers it, but he decides he's going to go back to uh, this small Ukrainian village to meet someone from his family um, and just to connect with his past, where he came from, his ancestry, the whole nine yards. Uh, And it's very funny and it's very heartwarming uh, and it's based on a book uh, written by J- Jonathan Saffron Foer, who is, you know, lauded and or um, praised very much in the literary communities. Um, but it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's a really funny film. The Adidas tracksuits are the best. Um, Elijah Wood is so, so lovable in this film. And we should say, I mean, this is a film that's directed by Liv Schreiber who is Ray Ray that what's the what's that show that he's in Ray Donovan Ray Donovan yeah I haven't seen the show but he's that guy the Ray Donovan is the director this is his first directed film it's his only directed film actually and, and it's such a good film it's such an inch like I I have seen bits and pieces of everything is illuminated because I know people who have been watching it and I've kind of come over when it's on or they turn it off. I have never sat through it all the way. Oh, it's so good. It is certainly overrated. It is the critics only only 67% of 120 critics like the film. Yeah, that baffles me. Yeah, that's crazy. But the audience score, 89% of the audience loves it. So that's yeah, pretty good. Because if you watch it, you enjoy this very darling movie. It only made $3.6 million at the box office. And on Letterboxd, it is definitely under that 20,000 at 16,000 people have said they've watched it. Wow. Okay. There so, we go. Yeah, I, I agree. That is definitely overlooked category. Um, what I have seen of the film is excellent. It, it's really, really charming. It's so charming. Love that film. All right. Another charming film is my number two on my list. We're going to be talking about a dog, a dog movie and 
thousand people on Letterbox, or I guess ninety eight hundred people on Letterbox have said they've seen it. It is seventy three percent Rotten Tomatoes, and it made thirty five million, which is actually pretty big for the Overlook category. And I'm talking about My Dog Skip, starring Frankie Muniz. I have never even heard of this movie. So My Dog Skip is a film that takes place during World War II, and it's about a kid and his dog. And basically, all of the troops, when they come home, his neighbor, played by Luke Wilson, is super affected by the war. But he was like this kid's hero before he went away. And it's how this dog, Skip, accompanies this child on all of his going-ons about summer and school and friends. And it's how he learns to grow and love that dog um, and how that dog unconditionally loves him. And look. This is such a J movie. I love, love, love it. I'm going to tell you, Ivana, Ivana, I will say this. The dog does not die in a horrible way. They don't old yeller the dog. It's more of a Marley and me kind of ending. The dog gets a really beautiful story is what it gets. But it's mostly about Frankie Muniz and in the war times being in America, thinking about these heroes. And when they come back, it's different and grow up kid. It wasn't what you thought it was. And it's a family feature, which also shocks me that people haven't seen it. This is one of the first films I ever bonded with, with uh, CHFI's Erin Davis when she was on the air. Uh, when I was working at CHFI, we, we kind of bonded over like both absolutely loving my dog Skip and thinking it was super overlooked and more people needed to give it attention. That's really sweet. It kind of makes me really happy about that. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I, I'm i never going to watch it. It's it's a dog movie. I know. I can't. I don't even like Marley and me. I cannot handle <laughs> the dog life storyline. I think that. I understand. I understand. A lot of people, it's like a trigger. <laughs> like putting yeah. on a dog movie is a trigger thing. Did you watch that movie where the dog gets reincarnated a bazillion times? So that it makes no. the death of the dog okay? No, I did not. Oh, yeah, that Blake was actually... is vehemently against all dog movies, <gasps> and he thinks that that is duplicitous. So Okay, they're not. It's not. It's it's kind. It's not a good movie, but it's kind. And Josh Gad voices the dog's <laughs> inner voice, which is fine. It's fine. All right, what's your number one? We're down to number one. I don't think that this is going to be a surprise, but this is a movie that I love and I hold near and dear to my heart. I saw it in a movie theater at Young and Eglinton that I really love, and I just thought it was so funny. Um, And it's a Canadian film called Fido, which was made in 2006, and it stars Carrie-Anne Moss. And, you know... I think you have to have a zombie film as part of the list, you know, for like the decade of the 2000s, because like the decade of the 2000s is the decade of the zombie. That's really when you saw so many different incarnations of the zombie. The fast zombie was born. Zombies became the biggest thing, you know, um, what the night of no wait, the walking dead really, I mean, just blew up. And it became the zeitgeist. And I think that this is 
a really well done take on the zombie film that I found was really entertaining. So it's about, uh, it's a family picture, kind of, but it, it's like set in the 1950s in some sort of like alternate universe, like if the bomb happened or I don't know, just some some alternate universe where it's still very 1950s-like. Yep. Um, but there was also some sort of a nuclear fallout and that created the zombies and the people living in the suburbs, which are like gated in a community, have uh, are safe and the zombies are all out in, around them in this like desolate wasteland. Um, but there's also this way that you can actually take uh, a device and put it on a zombie and it becomes your slave and then you have a slave in your home. It's a very interesting film because it's like there's so many layers about everything that it's saying about 1950s society and like the history of America and what is humanity, what is inside of humanity. It's all in this really charming uh, comedic film that now I'm thinking, did it hold up? Like in 2020, is this going to be the worst <laughs> film ever made? Or did they do it the right way? It's been too long since I've seen it, so I don't remember. Huh. I'm going to say. I hope it's that good because it, it, it's on my overlooked list. It's still a quality film. I've seen it recently, I've seen it multiple times. It's still, it's still a really quality and a very interesting film to watch today. Now, I'll give you the rundown 73% of critics loved it. 72% because it's good. It's good. 72% of the audience they liked it and it made less than 500 grand. Less than 500 grand. That totally qualifies it for overlooked. Also on Letterboxd, Letterboxd folks, like only 9,000 of you have seen this film. Like it is what? it is definitely worth your time. And and it's only like, I don't know, an hour and a bit. I don't think it's like too too much. It's a lighthearted comedy. Trust like the way I remember it, it was just like so heartwarming and sweet and had a lot of fuzzy feelies and laughs. I definitely think that I loved how you you quantified the zombie thing being a part of the 2000s. You're totally right. And I and I'm so right. I'm so on board for Fido being on this list because I really like Fido. I think it's a great film. I can't believe I'm shocked how little people have acknowledged or seen this film. And you're right. It totally matches up to once you see it, you love this film. So what's your number one? So my number one is again, like the least seen movie on my list. It is only 3.8 or 3,800 people have seen this film on Letterboxd. What? It is 48%. This is a critical dud. Only 48% of critics who saw it liked it or gave it favorable reviews. And, and it made 4.6 million at the box office. So it didn't do great. This film is from 2008 and it is called Bottle Shock. This film. I love that movie so much. It's so good. Thank you. This film, Bottle Shock, is the film I recommend when anybody ever says, hey, I'm looking for something I've never heard of before. I say Bottle Shock, and I always, like, I've yet to have somebody come back and say, that movie was garbage. It's 
You know what? Great That's probably how I know about the movie, isn't it? It is. It's you. Because I told you about this. Yeah. Movie. What is Bottle yeah. Shock about? It's a true story about California wine and Napa Valley and how in the 70s they took on a French wine tasting competition. It is, without a doubt, one of the coolest casts. It's got Chris Pine, Bill Pullman, Alan Rickman, Dennis Farina. Eliza Dushku is this like bartender who rigs things and she's great you got rachel taylor who i i've got to say like i thought she was alice eve when i first thought of it but she's rachel taylor and she's excellent as the summer intern the film is fantastic uh basically it's a blind taste test that alan rickman this british snob who thinks french wine is the only wine that you should ever drink comes to california to sample some california wine is surprised how good it is and sets up this this French tasting. And it's a true story. That is pretty cool. It's a great film. Honestly, I don't understand what is going on. It was one of the first films I ever got to watch at, and and write a review for when I was a critic. And I I was like blown away by how much fun this film is and by how this movie is so much fun. You're so absolutely right. Yeah. I, I, I thank you so much. I, I just, I feel like everybody should take a look at this film. I, these were the, out of all the films that I came up with, these were the three lowest seen or watched on letterbox. My honorable mentions are just a little bit higher, but yeah. So those are my three. So now we have to make a list. So wait, before we make a list, do you drink a lot of California wines? Oh, my family is obsessed with California wine. Becky cannot really stomach it. What's your family into and what does Becky hate from it? All right. My family loves Behringer, which is a, I think, Cabernet Sauvignon. It's very popular. Yeah. Uh, they also, oh, there's one that's like Woodbine or Woodruff. Woodruff. They love Woodruff. And uh, those are the ones I see the most anytime I'm over at their place. And when we're bringing wine, we'll bring that. We'll also, also we'll see Jay Lohr a lot. That pops out a lot. But uh, they are, they're really into that wine. And then when it comes to whites, don't ask me. They love Ontario. Becky can't stomach either Ontario or California wines because she grew up with French and Italian. So <laughs> that's so funny. Although I, I also, I mean, like to me, uh, Italian, I think I grew up with and I would say New Zealand and Ooh. Australia, weirdly enough, weird. although I've been recently getting into super into French wines and I have to agree so far, I'm not, it's not that I hate California wines. It's that I just have not found that niche that like really excites me yet. And I, I'm not a, I'm not a wine drinker when, when they're drinking that I will have like one, one glass of red wine with, with supper. But if I'm going to go into like the two and three glasses, I'm going to have a real bad day the next day. So I, for the most part, stick with scotch and beer. Oh, okay. Fair enough. And by scotch, I mean Irish whiskey. I, I really don't drink a lot of scotch. I do drink a ton of whiskey. And whiskey is like the less expensive version of So it's just scotch. like where I everything's clearly from. don't drink a lot of hard alcohol. So like Canadian <laughs> whiskey is called rye. 
American right. whiskey is bourbon. Scotland okay. whiskey is scotch. And Ireland whiskey is whiskey. <laughs> if oh, that makes sense. So it's, it's like all stuff. based on location. Yeah. Okay, okay. That's cool. Yeah. So like whiskey is what I drink. And it's like literally Irish whiskey is my favorite kind of whiskey. I don't know. Some of the, they have a little bit of sweet notes in, in the Irish whiskey. And I like that a lot. All right, Jay. It's time for us to build this list. Although I did enjoy our brief alcohol <laughs> diversion. <laughs> All right. I, I mean, we both love Bottle Shock and we both love Fido. So those are sticking around. I think the Bottle Shock should be number one than Fido only because Bottle Shock's a better movie than Fido. Uh, okay. I'm down with that. But I also think that you're never going to watch My Dog Skip. I'm very interested in never. watching Everything is Illuminated. Okay, yes, yes. I would yes, that would be amazing if that was on the list. All right. So why don't we do why don't we do that? Perfect. All right, let's count this down. Number three, everything is illuminated. Number two, Fido. And the number one overlooked film of the two thousands is Bottle Shock. Alright, honorable mentions. I have a lot. And they're bigger films. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. These are like bigger films. Mine is Undercover Brother, which I've talked about to death. You sure have. I sure have. Shattered (laughs) Glass, which is... Oh, Undercover Brother, only 12,000 people on Letterboxd. Same with Shattered Glass, which is a journalism film about a journalist who makes up his stories based on a true event. And then last is 15,000 people have seen it. It was nominated for an Oscar for Best Actress, and that is Whale Rider. I've heard a lot. that People are constantly talking about Whale Rider, I, but I've and, never watched And that's, it. again, like, here's the thing. People may mention it or they know what I'm talking about because they remember that Oscars, but only 15,000 people? Really? Really? On Letterboxd, the community of film people where Parasite has been seen over 682,000 well, times. Well, it's also because Parasite is new and like digging up the old films, you know, that takes effort. You do it slowly over time. Well, that's why, week, that's why I appreciate films. that we narrowed it to those 2000s. Um, yeah, that's fair. That is fair. All right. Uh, what else is on your honorable that's mentions? That's it. Those are the three right. that I put oh. on. So I have, I feel like, a lot. Lilo and Stitch, which I know has been seen by a lot more people, but I feel like it's super underrated. And it's such, such a good film. And, like, the kind of story that we should be, like, showing our kids more than just these, like, romance-driven kind of tales. Yeah, it's Ohana means family. Overlooked very largely, even though it was seen because it is Disney. Um, but it's a fantastic picture. Also, I, I like almost famous. I feel like people, everyone has seen it. Everyone loved it, but people forget about it. And I think that it's such an excellent film. It should be on more best lists. It needs to be cult more or something like that. And I would say the same with Saw because the original Saw really kicked off elevated horror. Like, I don't think that you'd have Midsommar now if there wasn't Saw back then. And um, Saw also, funny enough, started off the whole, like, torture porn genre and, like, the franchises of torture porn that, like, also dominated the 2000s in film. But 
saw by itself is actually really, really inventive and small. And I mean, that spoiler, like at the very end, when you figure out that he, spoiler ahead for everybody, just skip ahead 10 seconds if you don't want to hear about this. <laughs> when he was in the room the entire time, like it, I remember that moment and my mind was blown and I never saw that coming. And so I think like saw the legacy of the sequels of Saw tarnish the original in a, in some way. Do you know what I mean? And therefore it gets overlooked. Or they like overshadowed it in some way. Yes, exactly. Because it all became about them and not this original film. Fair enough. When people think about Saw, they think of all the other stuff and they forget how impactful that first film was. Exactly. And that's why I think it's overlooked. That's it? Those are all of them? That's it. How is oh, and funny, funny Games? games. Okay. Funny Games is also good. I was waiting for <laughs> Funny Games. Yeah, I guess. I was like, I looked at my list. And I was like, oh, yeah, Funny Games. I did a whole write-up because that was in the top three for a little while. But then it, it got kept getting caked out um it's fantastic i love that movie so much um the casting is stupendous and it gave me a nightmare as it should it's terrifying as it's terrifying yeah jay as you know and for all the listeners out there so we're recording this before labor day yes um but this will come out either on labor day or after or the next week after that it'll come out Um, soon enough (laughs) And, and so that to me, like, that's my new year. That's your new year. It's, it's our collective new year. Yeah. We got to kind of explain this for, for new listeners who may not understand, but January 1st doesn't feel like it's a new year. It just feels like it's a new day, but back. It's like the middle of the winter. It does. Nothing changes. Nothing changes back to school. One you start to have the weather shift. Exactly. Two, you are done partying and like, it's like a, a real sunset and now your life starts up again, your real life. Yeah, it's like there's such a momentous shift around Labor Day where it like starts to get darker earlier and like it just feels like a new year. Now what's weird is in the States – they don't all start their school years the day after Labor Day. When do they and start? I don't understand. Like random days. Random. Like a lot of people, you know, will start their like this past week was the start of school for a lot of people. Some schools started weeks ago. I don't really get it. I don't know wow. why the U.S. doesn't just all do start school at Labor Day, Bizarre. but they don't. So they may not even understand the concept of why Labor Day is the new year. But here in Canada, it's always the beginning of the of the next school year for everyone across the whole country. Yeah, at least even as far if as you're not going back to school, you have ingrained in you that after that Labor Day weekend, it is school starting. And it's kind of like coming back to normal and settling back into your schedule. And I genuinely believe it feels more like a new year. So this is, yes, it's still 2020. It's still the worst year in the history of man. But to us, Ugh. it's our new fresh start. So yeah, hopefully this marks, you know, a corner turned maybe, you know, in terms of like out there in the world that maybe a vaccine will be like, there'll be a, a like 
a breakthrough coming up. Maybe we're going to see some lessening of cases. Maybe we're going to get really lucky about all the safety measures we put in place as schools start up. So let's hope that this is a turning point and that we can end 2020 maybe like a little earlier than... uh, (laughs) Cause like I feel like that's a year that we would I would like shorten if I could. <laughs> so do you have Labor Day plans? No, not really. I mean, uh, we might do some social distanced hanging out with some friends outdoors if the weather is good, but nothing big. You? Yeah, I'm just gonna go to Wasega see my parents and bring up the projector. Maybe uh, I'm gonna bring my rollerblades because they they're like it's not a gated community like anybody can just walk in. But it's a 55 and over community and all of their condo fees go to like really nice paved roads. So I'm going to wake up early and go for a rollerblade around their little neighborhood. Nice. So, yeah, that's uh, nothing crazy. Just a couple dinners and maybe a projector movie. Yeah. Oh, oh, I want to try Frisbee golf and they got a new course up that way. So. That's easily social distanced. Everybody brings their own Frisbee, different color. And you play Frisbee golf. I've never done it. So I I hope it's fun. Cool. Me too. These are some quarantine games. All right, gang. I hijacked this time. I hijacked the episode. And you know how much I love these BuzzFeed survey quiz things. So I made sure, made sure that this episode had one. And the first one we're going to do is rate these classic movies and we'll guess which Disney movie food you really want to try. All right. So this is going to be kind of an interesting one. There are six options. We have to choose one of the six and it's the same six options for every single movie. So I'm going to give them here, list them. And then uh, as we go on, we will just say what our answer is. Perfect. So the six options are, I love it. It's an iconic movie. I really don't care about this movie. I hate it. It could have been way better. I haven't watched this yet. Perfect. I love it. If you pick any, I haven't watched this yet. I will be shocked. I will be shocked. Okay. (laughs) All right. Are you ready, Jay? Yeah, totally. I'm going to kick it off with Beauty and the Beast. Love it. Favorite animated movie of all time. Love it. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs is such an iconic movie. But it also could have been way better. It was the first ever, ever, ever animated movie. I know, super iconic. You're right, but it's also like not a good movie. Oh my God. I I disagree. I think it's a great movie. Here's one I would say I hate it. And that's Cinderella. You know what? I hate it as well. <laughs> Pocahontas. What about Pocahontas? Um, <laughs> uh, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I guess it's an iconic movie, but it could have been way better. I haven't watched it yet. <gasps> <gasps> All right. Mulan, which just came out on Disney Plus, the new one. Um, I, I think it's such an iconic movie. I also think it's such an iconic movie. Atlantis, The Lost Empire could have been way better. I haven't watched it what yet. What the hell? The Little Mermaid. It's such an iconic such movie. Such an iconic movie. Ooh, I know what we're both going to say for the next one. Tangled. I love it. 
Love it. Ooh. All right, Frozen. Ooh, Frozen. Uh, oh, it's such an iconic movie. It's such an iconic movie. I totally agree. Okay, Brave. It could have been way better. I completely agree. It could have been way better. Moana. Love it. Love it. Coco. I love it. <gasps> Coco. I love oh, it. Oh, good. Okay. All right. It's it's really good, but it's like, you know, like not as much as some of the other things, but, but I still love it. You scared me. If there was like a, I really, scared really like it. You into thinking you hadn't seen it. <laughs> no, 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 I love that movie. All right. Uh, I got Tony's Spaghetti and Meatballs from Lady and the Tramp. Nice. I got something different, which for a while I was thinking, is that even possible? <laughs> and I got the magical cookies from Alice in Wonderland. Oh, I can't remember if those make you big or they make you small. Or make you high. Either way. They probably just make <laughs> you high. That's my recommendation. <laughs> okay. So that's our first BuzzFeed. We have a second one lined up. That's correct. Uh, and this one is... Everyone has a Gen Z name that matches their personality. Here's yours. So we're going to read the question and likely also the answers because they're all different. And uh, I'll start. So which Gen Z slang word do you resonate with the most? Simp, fire, flex, or extra? I'm going to go with extra. Me too. I mean, let's be honest. We have a podcast. Yeah, we're if a little If two extra. people are extra, it's us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Which trend would you rock? Tiny sunglasses, oversized tees, biker shorts, or bucket hats? I'm literally staring at my bucket hat right now, so I'm going to go with the bucket hat. I'm kind of getting really into the oversized tees recently, so. Really? I like it. Okay. Fair yeah. Enough. But which trendy food bowl would you crave the most? We got the poke bowl. We got the burrito bowl. We got the acai bowl and the ramen bowl. I thought it was pokey or poke. I, you know, I just read poke because it didn't have an accent, a goo or whatever on top. So let's say it's a pokey <laughs> bowl. I'm going with the burrito bowl. It's mostly tied to like what I get the most. Yeah, you know, I agree. I'm going to go with the burrito bowl because it's like a tried and true delicious food. Not to say anything bad about the poke bowl. I tried my first one last year and it was delicious. Uh, which coffee do you order? Vanilla latte, cold brew, van pumpkin spice latte, or iced white chocolate mocha? I guess I'm a vanilla latte kind of person. I'm definitely a cold brew kind of person. Yeah. And the picture that they're showing, it's nitro cold brew, which is my absolute favorite type of cold brew. It's kind of like a Guinness, but coffee. Yeah, it looks like a so Guinness. Good. I was like, how is that even, even coffee? It's so creamy and thick, even though it's just black coffee. It's so good. I cannot even describe nitro cold brews at a Starbucks. They're the greatest thing ever. Which Netflix show do you love the most? Outer Banks, On My Block, Stranger Things, or The Umbrella Academy? Oh, there's also two more that I missed, and that is Elite and Never Have I Ever. I think out of these, I'm going to go with Elite because I've seen the second season of that 
or some of it anyway. It's good. I will go with Stranger Things because it fits more into like the supernatural feel that I love. You'd like Elite. It's all about high school. Oh, I know. I know. We talked about it on the podcast. You and I. Uh, Don't you remember? Don't you remember? No. That's how you discovered it. You know my memory is the worst. Okay. Uh. Where would you rather be? Hiking in the mountains, enjoying the beach, relaxing by the lake, or exploring the city? Exploring the city. What? Not relaxing by the lake? No, because there's sun. Huh. I mean. I'm going to go also exploring the city. I mean, I do love love like a campfire and when it gets dark being by the lake. But I mean, put me on a bicycle. I, I will explore a city forever. I agree. So much to do. All right. Lastly, which song would you bop to right now? Blinding Lights by The Weeknd, Savage by Megan The Stallion, Adore You by Harry Styles, Stuck With You by Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber, What a Man Gotta Do by the Jonas Brothers, and Forgive Me by Chloe X. Haley. Oh, I mean, anytime Blinding Lights comes on, I'm in love. But I also like what a man got to do by the... I'm going to go with Blinding Lights. I'm going to go with the Harry Styles song. That is so you. I'm not that even feels sure. feels like you. It, yeah, I really like his music. Um, I can't be sure that I know this particular song because you know me in music. Oh, yeah. Um, I, do know, I do know the Blinding Lights song by The Weeknd, but I hate it. And I what? don't know why people like it so much. What? Yeah, I don't like it. I get that he's he's for sure a genius, but like it's over my head. I don't understand that music so much. It also sounds like, like the 80s and you hate the 80s. Yeah, I do. I hate 80s music. I hate the 80s. And I'd, I'd, honestly, I have no idea what any of the other songs are. Oh, that's too bad. So maybe you don't get a Gen <laughs> Z name. <laughs> no, I'm picking the Harry Styles, which I assume I know. All right. So uh, I will tell you my name is Zoe. I am very Zoe. I'm calm, cool, and collected. Everyone wants to be with you because being a Zoe is a great honor. Oh, sorry. Not with me. Sorry. Everybody wants to be you because being a Zoe is a great honor. You're a trend center. No, an icon. I am a gosh darn icon. Well, our streak of getting the same, like... Results is finally broken. Perfect. I got Sean. You're totally a Sean. You get along with everyone and you have a big heart, but you're also a mystery. Nobody can figure out how to spell your name. Is it Sean, S E A N, Sean, S H A W N, or S H A U N? Doesn't matter. You make the rules now. So I like it. I think that that actually describes you pretty, pretty well. I don't know how calm, cool, and collected I am for a Zoe, but hey, I'm still... You're you're really calm, cool, and collected, I think. And I think you're also like a natural leader where people kind of look to you. So I think that makes complete sense. Well, I am a trendsetter. No, an icon. Well, I don't know about a a trendsetter. (laughs) I'm just reading what the amazing BuzzFeed (laughs) told me. It's Film Freaks. Chatter for the film fan and all of us. Last week, we checked out a 2019 flick called Guns Akimbo, starring Daniel Radcliffe and Samara Weaving. Who, just gotta say, like, is totally crushing it lately. I like her a lot. Uh, From The Babysitter and Ready or Not, Bill and Ted Face the Music. 
she is she's literally just crushing it right now for sure she's a party especially in guns akimbo where she plays a gladiator style kind of character with a couple of screws loose she's like the champion of a net reality deathmatch show called schism see from what i gather guns akimbo takes place in an alternate world where there's still pay to play apps for your phone instagram youtube and definitely definitely internet trolls and also internet vigilantes which is miles who is played by daniel radcliffe he is like a troll but a good one and he discovers the deathmatch game and he gets super drunk and calls out all the people watching it behind the keyboard is where he feels like a hero but the guys who run schism they don't love his taunts So, you know, they come to his house, bolt guns to his hands and force him to play their game against Nyx. And Nyx, she's played by Samara Weaving and she does not care who she kills. She just wants out of schism and wants to have her criminal record erased. Which really seems to put Miles in a bind. One that will quickly end his life if it wasn't for Nova, his ex-girlfriend, who he's able to call for help. But it's bad news for Nova because she ends up getting kidnapped and it's up to Miles to kill Nyx and take it to the schism leaders one last time. What's a regular guy to do? So Ivana, thoughts on Guns Akimbo and your sibling love for Daniel Radcliffe. I love Daniel Radcliffe. I love him like a little brother. I mean, okay, so my brother kind of looks like Daniel Radcliffe. Kind of not. He does actually. Yeah, just a smidge. He does. Yeah, they have like, he's a lot taller. Like he's taller than Daniel Radcliffe and he doesn't have as much of a square shaped head. But other than that, they look a lot alike. My brother and Harry Potter, they're just like intertwined. So anyway, I just (laughs) kind of like love Daniel Radcliffe like a brother. (laughs) Totally. And what did you think of Guns Akimbo? I love this genre. And I, I think that this is a good size of film. Like it was... Big enough and expensive enough that I was very impressed by everything I was seeing in the film. And also it was expensive enough to be stylish. Yep, I would agree. But then it was also like low, like low, like it wasn't like a giant blockbuster. So it got to be quirky and different and more fun than the blockbusters. Because blockbusters have to play it safe. They need to be accessing like the... masses right and not everyone likes this really weird quirky stuff and I do and this is just amazing I mean Daniel Radcliffe can I just say he's killing it lately he's been doing a lot of really interesting movies and he's been doing a lot like his quantity of films is staggering these days he just like loves acting and like is I guess enjoys it so much he just does scripts that he likes and he doesn't care if he gets paid a ton because he has money so like he's great yeah that must be it like if you had harry potter money through seven eight films and it's just like sitting there waiting for you it's kind of like the get bank at gringotts you know like you dip into it whenever you want you would definitely take the movies that resonated with you He's in a great position because he can just sort of say, I like this script. And he seems to enjoy different kind of films, like his personal taste. And maybe I'm just like coming up with a personality for Daniel Radcliffe, who I've never met and like ascribing it to him. Absolutely. But based on his movie choices, I envision this guy who just like likes really cool, interesting 
stories and goes wherever the scripts kind of speak to him and he doesn't really worry about it beyond that. I was a big fan of this movie, actually. I, I think it's a great little film. It's sort of It's a great film. It's sort of like the next evolution of the movie Wanted, but set in this video game aspect that is it's crazy impressive and crazy good. And all of the characters are really either likable or you're concerned about them or you want them to do well. You root for everyone in this film. Like even Nova, this is his ex-girlfriend. You do not want Nova to suffer. Like you really want Nova to him to save her. And it's got this great ending where he said, this isn't like the movies where I saved the girl and she's going to run to me. No, no. She just saw me pistol whip some guy. She has PTSD. Yeah, now. I love that. And I just thought it was like this really creative ending where they don't end up together, but she's grateful in her own way. And then Miles's life is forever changed anyway, because now he's kind of a superhero. Exactly. I mean, he survived where all these other people didn't. That's right. And there's so many great little twists and turns that while could be considered cliche are still great. They still really work in the story where you find out that the police officer investigating Nix is actually Nix's father. Nix went crazy and, you know, she has a, a, a fear of fire because her mother died in a fire and like all this interesting stuff that does not need to be in a crazy action movie like this. It's there and it, and it works. Yeah, I I really loved the like animations throughout the picture. Like they really created this mise-en-scene of like a world like you knew immediately what world what the world was that they built. I need you in this to sort of I need you to explain to me. I'm sure our listeners totally understand what you're saying. I don't understand French. What is mise-en-scene? So mise-en-scene is like this film term for uh, the like the vibe of the film, like uh -huh. the overall like look, the, look and the feel. like feeling. Yeah, cool. exactly. Okay. Um, you may continue and, with and your so mise -en -scene. it should like resonate. And it so like there's something about it. It's very neon looking. This film. Yes. Um. It's also dirty. The animation. It's like a really dirty world. It's very, it's a really dirty world. It's both dirty and bright. Usually if it's dirty, it's dark. And I really appreciated the brightness. It had a kind of like 1980s to 1990s kind of super NES feel to it visually somehow. Did you get that? I definitely got like video game vibes. I may have been channeling. It's like it's super colorful. Yeah, I could be channeling Super Nintendo. It definitely feels like a video game. I mean, again, this is a guy who is a regular guy who gets guns bolted to his hands. Yeah, and then so he can't. The funny, the best is like him eating, him peeing. There's a lot of moments where they kind of like, they did. It is an action film and there's a lot of action in this movie, but there there's also are a lot also of breaks for comedy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So there's like, and Daniel Radcliffe is really funny. So while, while Miles is running around with these guns attached to his hand, he meets uh, a homeless man named Glenjamin and Glenjamin is played by Reese Darby, who you will totally know. The best way I can explain it is he's the 
the guy who explains to the Jumanji characters in the new Jumanji movie, welcome to Jumanji. He's that guy. Reese Darby is that guy. And he plays a homeless guy in this movie perfectly. 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 He's so funny. Like, it's so fun watching him just be creepy and weird, but so delightful. And, ah, oh God, I don't know. There's a scene where he's like, what? Why you got to do that to me? I could be like a, a top programmer. You don't know. You don't know me. He's like, are you a top programmer? He's like, no, nah, I hang around and smoke crack. Do you want to smoke some crack? Awesome. Like, yeah, that was the best joke. Like, jo- like and that's <laughs> the thing. There's, this is, by, like, it's not a, a movie you want to show your kids, but it's, it's so much fun in its insanity. Yes. So in the last few years, there have been this, like, group of, like, I guess they fit somewhere in, like, people who like horror films tend to like these movies, but I don't exactly know where they fit in terms of a genre. And it's films like Mandy with um, Nicolas Cage and some of the resurgence of, like, why I See, I different... would not put Mandy and Guns Akimbo together. I would put the babysitter and Guns Akimbo together. See, I think that, man, like, the aesthetic. Oh, the and... neon, like, crazy neon. Yeah, like, I think that there is a style that is coming up from grassroots, like, independent films that is becoming refined in action films like... Guns Akimbo, and I think that they can take those roots because those are similar audiences. Anyone who liked Mandy is going to like this film too, I think. Well, and I, I mean, we touched on it a little bit, but it's not she's my she's not my girl crush. I don't actually like. I'm not. I'm not actually attracted to Samara Weaving. I. It's just she's so fucking good. But she's just so fucking good. And she's good. It's because she goes balls deep in every character that she's given. And she's not afraid to do it differently. Like she's a chameleon actor. I've literally in the last two days seen four films with her in it by accident. Which four? Ready or not? Great film. Bill and Ted face the music. Oh, I really want to see that. She plays she plays Bill's kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I saw her in the posters. I saw The Babysitter, finally. Oh, my God. I loved it so much. And I saw Guns Akimbo. Isn't it the best movie ever? And there's going to be a sequel, and she's so good I don't know why I was sleeping on that film. Like, that movie is... It was so good. I gave it four stars. I think it's incredible. It's so much fun. It's got an amazing cast. Amazing. Unbelievable cast. Unbelievable. And I was shocked like every piece of that film is hilarious but also there is scary and what i discovered while watching it is and actually a little in guns akimbo because there is a lot of gore in guns akimbo but not as much as the babysitter if you're going to give us excessive amounts of fake blood in a an unrealistic gushing kind of way like evil dead 2 i can't help but laugh every single time it happened twice in the babysitter. I think it happened in guns of Kimbo. I don't know, but it like it happened in guns of Kimbo for sure. I mean, I don't know about you laughing, but the crazy blood sure did. I can't stop laughing when it's like, you know, when you're watching Monty Python and the guy gets his arm chopped off and then just a gusher, like a second later comes out and starts bleeding. That's what I'm talking about. I cannot stop laughing 
when that happens. This movie was such a delight. I wanted to see it because of the poster. And uh, I have to say, the poster was right. Well, and you had warned me because I knew what it was about going in, but it did not dissuade me from liking it at all. And I gave this film uh, three and a half out of five. I think it's uh, worth every single penny of that rating. I feel like I don't, I th- I'm kind of between a four and a three and a half, if I'm honest with you. If I, I, I don't know where I'm going to go, but maybe four. I, I would push it up to a four. I can easily see this being a film that I go back to a lot. Yeah, because it's a really fun film. It's really easy to put on. I mean, out of like the six movies or seven, I don't, I've watched a lot of movies in the last two days. It was definitely one of the highlights, but I'm definitely in that vibe right now. Like Guns Akimbo, immediately after Guns Akimbo, I went to watch Drive, Cra- Drive Angry again because it's just this ridiculous onslaught of action and silly and goofy and crazy. And I really like Drive Angry and nobody else does, but I really like it. And uh, and then the babysitter, which I think is a little better. I love the babysitter. Such a good movie. What are we watching next week? I know that it's already out, already available, but I th- really love Keanu Reeves. It was his birthday this week, <laughs> <laughs> and I want us to to just take a minute. And Honor, Bill and Ted's, which has just very recently come out. Totally. And I think that we should watch each of the movies, one every week for the next three episodes. All right. I'm down. So the first one we're watching is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And we start that next week or whenever you get this Or the week after. Yeah, I'm going to pre-apologize to anyone listening. We're trying to keep it to a weekly schedule. This is what I would like to do. And Jay, you are so kind to do all the editing. But I'm also working on some stuff on the movie that I am have produced, Kitty Mamas. Um, and I'm going to, I can't really go into more details, but uh, it, we may be a little bit less regular depending on how crazy things get. What you got to understand is Ivana is a very busy person. I will continue to shower your Facebook feed with nonsense. <laughs> Don't you worry. Follow us on Facebook at more than movies podcast, where you can see Instagram stories, styles, Facebook stories, but you know, of me giving you hints on what's coming up. And that is our show. Thank you for listening and for listening to our sort of like almost preamble of this. <laughs> <laughs> If you like to support the show, you can hop on to your podcast service and subscribe. And if you're really feeling generous, score us a quick rating or review. I'm just going to underscore that for a minute. We recently moved to Anchor as our host. And so I feel like we could just use a little bit of a boost. Please give us a rating or review if you have not yet. Our intro song comes from bandsound.com. And we encourage you to check out all of our show notes for more information about our music, our talented voice actors, and our sound effects. Jay and I love to hear from you. And we built a website, morethemovies.net. How is that website? It's like, you know what? There's a, a, an okay, it's okay right now. We built an okay website. <laughs> we also have email. Yeah, if you hate websites, you can email us at hello at morethemovies.net. Or, as Jay said earlier, you can find us on Facebook, where Jay likes to hang out a lot. More Than Movies Podcast. Catch us on Twitter. <laughs> I'm at Jester Jay. I'm at 
it's Ivana. Thanks again for spending some time with us. We'll be back again soon with an all new commercial free episode. Until next time, friends. Do more. And watch more.